Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today in the show, we're going to talk with uh, Jesse Ferris and Becca McKay about how to repair with our kids. Um, this might be one that is outside of your comfort zone if you're coming from more of a traditional parenting background. That I, I, I kind of sticker with that because that was me for sure. Um, but it was very foreign for me for adults to apologize to kids um, or to kind of admit mistakes or, or fault growing up. Um, and it might be the same for you. And so it, this is one principle that was kind of a paradigm shift for me um, coming into this world. And and I assume it will be for a lot of you too. And so we're going to talk today about the why behind this. Why in the world um, are we apologizing to kids? Um, how are we calling them to apologize? How are we um teaching them to make things right and to repair? And then what do we need to do accordingly um, to continue moving forward to bring healing, restoration, um, and growth in those relationships? And so we're going to talk about all of that. Um, I will say, no hyperbole, this is one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. Jesse's got some great stories. Um, It gave me a chance to share some stories of our own. Um, And this is just a really, really... um, really, really important principle for us to remember in parenting. So hope you enjoy it. Here it is now, our interview with Becca McKay and Jesse Ferris. Well, we've got Jesse Ferris and Becca McKay with us today, and we're going to talk about the last of our connecting practices, although it won't be the last time we talk about them. Uh, And so we want to have Jesse on today specifically because uh, in our ETC training classes we've been teaching through the years, uh, this is one of her sweet spots as a teacher. And so um, she's got some great stories um, and uh, great examples. And so we just wanted to have her on today to talk about it now. And so Jesse, thank you for coming on. Um, Becca, why don't we start the way we've been starting all these and just say, uh, let's, let's kind of establish what we mean when we're talking about how to repair um, and the importance of it and why we do it and then how we do it. Why don't we kind of talk through that now? Absolutely. Um, The cool thing about this of our nine connecting practices is that it's really a three in one because we really have to do all of these three things kind of simultaneously, kind of in different orders at different times in order to keep maintaining that connected relationship. So our last practice is repair, reflect, readjust. And sometimes you're going to reflect first and then repair. Sometimes you're going to repair and then reflect after. Sometimes you'll be adjusting in the moment. Sometimes it'll be adjusting for next time. So it's one of those kind of three-in-one kind of ideas. And um, the three core components are that we want to repair after a rupture. And when we say rupture, we're talking about rupture in relationships. We want to reflect after an interaction, and that can be positive or negative. We don't just want to reflect when things are tough. We also want to reflect like, hey, that was an awesome day. What made it an awesome day? And then we want to readjust expectations and supports. We've talked over and over again about the importance of our expectations heading into situations. Yeah. Sometimes we got to adjust those. And then supports. What are we providing to help our kids meet the demands of the moment? Um, so that's our last core component, and it's got three really rich core components that we can kind of unpack. Awesome. And Jesse, to put this in like uh, plain person language, 
you're going to tell me I've got to apologize to my kids. Like that is not something that uh, I was told before being a parent. And it's not something that I saw a whole lot of uh, growing up as adults apologizing to kids. So explain yourself. Explain myself. This is not on me, you guys. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I think that we're all experienced as parents and being uh, experiencing humility, right? Because, um, Parenting is a pretty humiliating experience. Um, it'll knock you down a couple of notches, right? Everything you thought you knew before you became a parent, right. you realize you didn't know. You yeah. just didn't know. Um, sorry, Becca's like, come on, don't look at me. One day, someday. Um, <laughs> but I, I think really um, I did grow up with, with parents, particularly my, ma- my mother, um, who did apologize to me mm. when they made mistakes. And I know that um, many of us might not have grown up with that, but it was such a powerful thing in my relationship with her. Um, particularly, I remember moments when I was, you know, a preteen or a teenager where we would get into arguments, as one does with their <laughs> adolescent mm-hmm. joy in life. Yes. And... Um, my mom coming back to my room after what we would call a rupture and apologizing mm. like real, you know, particularly I tell the story in, in our training sometimes about, um, it, it was about contacts. My mom had not gotten contacts as early as I was wanting to wear them. And she had had a really negative experience. Well, that was a lot of stuff going on in her own history. Yeah. And it was influencing the conversation we were having. And I was so frustrated and she was so frustrated and, and, you know, we had this rupture and I remember her coming back to my room and being like, I'm really sorry. I was thinking about my own experience. I wasn't thinking about your own experience and I cannot express to you. I mean, I, I will say I am 42 years old. I still remember that moment when I was sure. what, like 11 years old right? and maybe 12 years old. It, it, I can remember it so vividly. And I think it was because of how powerful that was. So, um, we're all going to make mistakes as parents, but being willing to be aware of them Mm -hmm. and recognize them. That's just something that I want to model for my kids. My mom modeled that for me and I want to model it for my own kids. Yeah. And that's powerful. I mean, because you've got a roadmap for what it looks like, right? Like it's not uncharted territory. There's nothing new about that. You know, I think that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I think that it also, uh, it's one of those kind of Jedi parenting tricks because when you come in humility and own something that you've done wrong and even amidst, and I know no other, no preteens would ever kind of gloat in that moment or teenagers, like nobody would ever, <laughs> like those hormones would never cause them to be like, I know, I know you're sorry. <laughs> I know you were wrong. Like I've never experienced that before. But for those who have, <clears throat> sometimes the humility of even then like keeping your game face in those moments and just saying, you're right. I mean, listen, it was bad. That was bad. And it's my first time parenting a however you're old and it's your first time being that age. And so we're just figuring this thing out, man. And I, I should have done it differently and I'm really sorry. And you just leave it at that. Like that, that's a hard thing to then continue gloating like it's it's been a showstopper for us um and usually in those moments there's like a little bit of a stop and a softening amongst our kids and i think what it's doing for them is and this is obviously one of our big reasons for doing this like when we model it for them as normative well then it's normative for them to 
repair mistakes with their siblings, repair mistakes with us, repair mistakes with classmates, with teachers, whatever. And the younger you begin to learn that, and the more that gets ingrained and entrenched in your, just in your relational DNA, I mean, that is, that is a game changer, you know, in life. Like somebody who can apologize well, who can repair a mistake, who can, who can, uh, you know, rejoin a relationship after a repair, like that, that is a big deal for a person to do that. Um, and so Becca, why don't we break down into these core components? Like w- the first one we talked about, you know, we talked about them in, in various orders, but we're talking about repair. Why don't we talk about that reflecting piece and why that's so important? Mm-hmm. So I think something that we're kind of talking about, but I don't know if folks listening are really aware of it is like something that we really believe at ETC is that adults should initiate repair with Mm -hmm. their kids. And that takes a lot of reflecting because I think for many of us in many spaces, we're kind of taught the opposite. Like adults should demand kids to say sorry. Mm -hmm. And I think that whenever we're, we're, we take a step back and we reflect on what's our ultimate goal. And if our ultimate goal is to continue in safe relationship with this kid, then it takes the pressure off of, okay, I've got to teach this kid a lesson in this moment. And it it becomes a bigger, it's like a longer term thing that we're trying to do here. So I think reflecting, you know, when we're thinking about repair, you've got to reflect on how did that interaction go and what contributed some of the stuff, you know, we were joking before we started hitting record of like saying like that Jesse said, that's on me. Like that's on you. Like sometimes we can get into this blame game of like whose fault was the explosion. And I think whenever we can reflect really thoughtfully, we can see sometimes it's on the environment. Sometimes it's on the kid and sometimes it's on the adult, but we can always take ownership of taking that first step forward of modeling that humility of modeling that what matters to me most is our relationship and we can work through the issue together Mm -hmm. collaboratively. The other kind of things that you're going to reflect on outside of the moment are just all those contributing factors. Mm -hmm. Blow ups don't happen on accident. They happen all the time. And sometimes it can just feel so uh, random and it can catch us off guard so much. And sometimes it can just knock us off our feet. But if we really pause and reflect, sometimes we can put some pieces together and maybe we identify, for example, oh, that got really huge because my kiddo was embarrassed. And so while the behavior that they displayed maybe was not okay, maybe they screamed at you, maybe they got in your face, and we're not here saying that that behavior is okay, but if we can understand where it was coming from, it can help us know how to approach that kiddo to repair, but also in the future, like it can help us kind of have a better lens to support them. So we're reflecting on the environment, the kid, ourselves, and kind of how did all those things blend together? And it takes time, like time and practice. I think that when you're thinking about repairing this way it just takes practice just like anything and sometimes you're going to say I'm so sorry and your kid's going to be like I'm still mad (laughs) like it's not like just because you are initiating that it's going to go well but it is just that like commitment of I'm going to keep going to this kid and I'm going to keep mending you know I'm going to keep initiating the mending because if you think about what do we mean when we say repair? What does, what are we repairing? Yeah. We're repairing the connection. Yeah. There has been disconnection. And I mean, you guys all know we're committed to connection Mm -hmm. at ETC. So that's what we're repairing and we're, we're going to do it at all costs. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it requires humbling ourselves, Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, you know, we've already talked about giving voice. I think it's also one of these things that dovetails with that principle, um, 
that we give our kids voice when we're willing to listen to them and own our own mistakes. Um, And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I don't think about what my part was, what was on me, what my part was in disconnection until later. So I think that is why reflecting is so important. And not being like, uh, when you say, saying like, I'm sorry, like that's a really um, vulnerable thing to say to somebody because it's opening up for, I made a mistake or I did something wrong. And I think that like, Something that you and I have talked about, Jesse, a couple of times is like sometimes we say sorry even when we didn't do anything wrong, Mm -hmm. but we're able to just understand and communicate to the kid like I get how that would feel and I'm so sorry that when I did blank, you felt blank. Like I'm not saying like a disingenuous apology, but I'm just saying sometimes we do stuff that hurts people and it's outside of our control. Like we didn't mean to, or we didn't know, or it was unintentional. And I think if we take the print, like, yeah, I, I know I'm talking in circles a little bit, but it's like this idea of I'm sorry doesn't mean like I'm a terrible person who made an awful mistake. <laughs> right. That's and I right. think sometimes that keeps us from saying sorry, because we're like, well, you were wrong and I was right because I'm the adult. And I think if we can kind of let go of some of that, it can open us up to be more willing to really connect with them and apologize for what we did contribute to. Let's talk about what's under the surface there too, because I think a lot of parents are unwilling to apologize or feel like it would be wrong or inappropriate for them to apologize because it means they're like being weak or they're giving up their power to their kids. It means that their kids are right and therefore more powerful than the parent. Yeah. And I don't believe that's what that means. I think it means I care about you. Mm I care about our connection and I'm committed to that. Yeah. And just the, like, I mean, what we would see throughout stories, historical art, like uh, the, the picture of the person with the power laying that power down Mm -hmm. for the sake of someone they love has always been like one of the most powerful narratives on earth in existence. Right. And so like, we're modeling for our kids what humility looks like. We're modeling for them um, what vulnerability looks like and the power of it. Now, you still retain your power as a parent when you apologize. Like, but no parent who, is, who has a shred of decency is going to ever make the argument that they're perfect. Right. Everyone, like that's an assumption we can almost all on the face of the planet, universally everyone agrees with that, right? Like we're not perfect. Okay. We Period. That's it. Like that. That's, that's just it. the end of it. I okay, mean, like that's the end of the podcast. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Guys. Yeah. Like I'm not perfect. So therefore, if I'm yeah. not perfect, then I've got to get over the fear I have admitting that in the moment and realize the benefit of doing that with our kids far outweighs the the courage it's going to take me or the the cost to me to humble myself and. And apologize to a kid for something that I did. And it's more than just even apologizing. Like it is, it is showing them that you are willing to do whatever it takes and whatever is necessary to, to bring connection back to uh, that relationship. It's like they need to know that you're, uh, you know, in, in, in some of our language, we talk about playful engagement, but I think about those kids where maybe, um, We've had a big, you know, at schools when I was working in like a behavior office, there would be some big blow ups, like bad disconnection, huge ruptures. And 
I, you know, had to really, sometimes it was really hard not to take it personal. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to take a breath and regulate myself. But when I could do it and when I could remember to do it and to like give myself the space to do it messily, then that kid needs to know, oh, Miss McKay is okay with me. Like she's not still super mad like we're okay and so sometimes repair is like the like a formal apology and sometimes it's I'm regulated you're regulated we've talked seriously about whatever the issue was Mm -hmm. and now it's me just joking with that kid it's me like we have a like a silly high five that we always do and so it's me being like hey bud and like doing the high five like it's me extending to the kid like a bid for connection like hey we're cool like we're okay and I think kids need that more than adults realize I think a lot of adults want the kid you know are you ready to behave like they want when they come back after a rupture to know that the kid's not going to mess up again and the reality, if we're being honest, is like kids are learning and growing. They might mess up again. They might mess up again that day or the next day or the day right. after that. But what they need deeply is to know that they know that they know that we love them and that it's not always about their behavior. Like it is about our relationship. And so, again, easier said than done. Some days I did this well and some days I did right. not. Like this right. is not, this is a learning opportunity for me, just like for the kiddos. But I think about those times, man, when like, I would have teachers that would be so mad at a kid and they would want the kid to stand and say, miss so-and-so I'm sorry for blank. It was wrong because blank and and next time I'll blank. And I was like, okay, I get that. And that is something that we're scaffolding towards. We do, we teach four step apology, how to apologize. What's the, you know, what, what needs to be said. But at the same time, like whenever I've got a kiddo who is extremely dysregulated, is feeling clouds of shame and guilt for what they've just done and they're they like have like drawn a picture of them with the teacher that is their way of doing a bid for connection so if the teacher's response is buddy I love that picture I'm really happy that you're back in class that's so different from are you ready to never talk back to me ever again why don't you give me a picture are you ready to apologize for what happened yes the experience is swirls different so just taking a step and thinking about the kids side of it you know, we do want to model for kids how to apologize. We do value right. like repairing uh, broken things and relationships and messes that we've made. Like we value restoring the relationship. But I think to think about those bids for connection and like making sure that kid knows like, hey, we're cool. Like it's okay. We can move forward from this. It definitely starts with modeling it. And I think when we model it enough for our kids, then we will get heartfelt apologies. It may not be the way that we thought we would get them and it may not be when we thought we would get them. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just among the personalities in in our family, there are some that are more quick to apologize than others. Sure. And I'm thinking about one of my most prized possessions is a piece of notebook paper in which a child drew a picture of uh, me standing with her mm-hmm. uh, watching the sunset. My husband had forced us together because we were both upset. And, <laughs> and it was a really beautiful sunset. And I was watching it through the window. And he yeah. steered the child in next to me. He said, don't talk. And we watched this beautiful sunset together. Both of us were fuming. And then we left the room. And then nothing was mm-hmm. you know, fixed. And probably, I think it was the next day, I received this picture, and it was a picture of me and the child watching the sunset, and she she apologized in the letter. She wrote me a letter in her little kid 
letters. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And, and it was like, I love being happy with you and not mad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I want to watch more sunsets or something like that. And I have it in yeah. my closet. I look at it every day because I just, I love that. I didn't get that apology that night. Right. Sure. You know, and, but I got it the next day in such a better way. And I've learned particularly with that child, if I will not force her to say she's sorry or force her to make it up to me, she will give me a heartfelt apology. Mm-hmm. And aren't we all that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like if your friend or your spouse or whoever makes you apologize, it's not the same as when you have, re- I mean, our kids need to reflect mm-hmm. about their interactions too. Absolutely. Totally. So. Well, I just, you know, this, we're talking more about the actual act of like the apology, which, which almost kind of like it, I guess it depends on, on how you work things out. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of car, we were talking about car trouble before we recorded today, and I'm just thinking about car repairs or house repairs. Mm-hmm. Some of them are incredibly simple and incredibly easy, and, and just kind of are things that, like, it happens, you're like, oh, I know how to fix this. Like, I can, and you, you go through the process, and you, you fix it, and then, you know what, good is new. Like, same thing, uh, same thing with relational stuff. Like, sometimes those things are going to happen really simply, and it's a quick, hey, are we okay? I, you know what? I know. I'm sorry. And I was too quick to do that too. I'm, I apologize. Are are we okay? Are, are, and like, yeah, great. Done. And then sometimes you have like, sometimes you get relationally totaled, you know, where it feels like I don't even know where to start with this. Right. And here's the deal. Like there's no insurance in parenting, you know, there's no like dealership in parenting where you just like pop up and you're like, I'd like to, uh, trade this relationship in for a new relationship, like <laughs> where you can just like get the status like restored by, mm-hmm. you know, trading in whatever, like uh, there's nothing like that for us. And so uh, it, you always have to repair mm-hmm. or it just stays broken. Right. And when you try to drive something broken over a period of a long time, it just gets to where eventually it's, it's, it's almost immovable. Right. So thinking of that in mind, like we, we can't rush through it, but also, we don't want to wait to initiate, you know, yeah. like we don't want to wait to initiate those repairs and begin the process. It might be like you were talking about Jesse, like the next day, it might be a week later. It might be that you've got to just bit by bit begin working on that connection and respecting that, you know, things hurt. And, and for a lot of our kids who might've experienced trauma or adversity or, or, or stress early in life, what we know from the brain science is that it can take way longer than it would for us to be ready to apologize or to be in a place where they're ready to restore that relationship. And so I think when we remember those things, we remember that not repairing, not restoring the relationship, um, it just can't be on our list of options, you know, like it's ours to initiate. Um, but it also is ours to see it through until it's there patiently, you Mm -hmm. know, um, which is where I think that reflection, sometimes these, these, the reflect, readjust, uh, repair. Sometimes those things are are happening in cycles within the repairing process, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to repair a little bit. We're reflecting some more, man, I wonder why this is so hard for them right now. Like, I wonder what this is that makes it so difficult. And then we're readjusting our expectations. Me and we might not be, we might not be okay by the baseball game this weekend. We might not be okay by the recital or whatever. Like, and then, Sticking with it. Okay, well, I do want to repair. I do need this relationship restored. So 
right? Here we go. Let me be patient again. Start another conversation. Have another bid for connection. Another, And so I think just remember that, like, and take heart for those of you who are there. Like, those those are the ones that mean the most, right? Like, those mm-hmm. like those bad ruptures, uh, when they are repaired, feel uh, that much better to us, right? And so uh, something along those lines. Um, when we talk about readjusting, you know, we – we have not really talked about that yet. Either of y'all have thoughts on just kind of initial framework for that or? I think um, I really care a lot about readjusting. I was trying to figure out why you said that you think I'm an expert on repairing. And I was like, it's probably because I'm a hot mess. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I have to repair We've a lot. We've got Jesse with us who makes lots of mistakes. Um, Jesse, who's apologizing every 30 seconds. Um I mean, like it is one of my most used tools at home because Mm -hmm. I I love the brain science on repair and that your connection with anyone is stronger after repair, after a repair than if you hadn't made the mistake in the first place. I mean, for mistake makers, which slash all of us, that's such great news, right? Like, um, when we think about like the connection we want to build with our kids and the lessons we want to teach them. So often we're trying to teach them a lesson in the moment. I want the lesson to be, I love our connection and it means more to me than anything else in this world. You know, all the other lessons can come later when they're thinking clearly. Yeah. Um, so true. But when I think about readjustment, um, this has become something that I, I feel like I, it's this muscle in your brain that you start to exercise. Like after, you know, it goes along with the reflection, reflecting after something's happened, um, reflecting before something's happened. I'll give you, I think the best way I can do this is through an example. Um, We were on vacation last week and we've been planning this vacation for a while. It was kind of a dream vacation. We went on this epic road trip for us And I had gotten really excited about all the things we could do. So it was like, we're going to do this in the morning. We're going to do this in the afternoon. And then it was like, if we have time, we'll do this in the evening. Well, we did uh, something in the evening the the first night. Disaster. (laughs) Something in the evening the second night. Also disaster. (laughs) And we're like, my husband and I are kind of gritting our teeth through the second night. Oh, sure. And like, oh, this kid, you know, maybe, I don't know about your families, but it was one particular kid um, that it was just like, it was too much. It was Mm -hmm. too late. It was Mm -hmm. just too much everything. And um, we'd hit our limit. And I felt so much resentment about it. Like, this is why we can't have fun on vacation. Why can't we change into a different (laughs) family on vacation? You know? And so I'm all caught up in the moment that night in my feelings. But we put everybody to bed and and I'm thinking about it later. And that's where the readjustment happens, in my opinion, the most for me Mm -hmm. is like, why didn't that go well? Okay, Mm -hmm. let me look at these patterns. Hmm. First night, second night. What do I need to do the third night? Right. The next thing I have planned in the evening? No. Yeah. I don't care how much I want to go get that ice cream in the evening. Right. Like, how about we just stay in tomorrow yeah. night? And that's that's what we did. It was so much better. Um, even when we got back from the vacation, it was like, okay, debrief after the vacation. What did we love? What would we change? You know, and I'm starting to teach my kids to do this too. It's like after a certain season or, or after the vacation, like what were your favorite parts? What would you change? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about supports. I'm really big on scaffolding and big on like thinking, okay, where are some lagging skills that contributed to whatever was happening? 
So um, just thinking about like, how can I help this kid and, and learn to grow uh, flexibility, you know, when that's required a lot on vacations. Um, what could I have done on the front end? Uh, you know, most of the time it has to do with me, right? And what my expectations are going to be for right. whatever's happening. Um, here's another example. I've, I've got a kiddo that was maybe kind of, sort of interested in the sport. We invested in the sport and the kid decided they didn't want to do it. And it was like, oh, no, you know, and like I'm all wrapped up in how much money we paid and uh, trying to trying to listen to like what the kid needs. Well, I think about it later and I'm like, I got to let the kid bow out. Now, I know that's like maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I've got some ideas about what she should or shouldn't do. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's super nuanced. We all have our different situations. Right. But I contacted the coach and was like, I just want to let you know, you know. She, the coach and I had talked about it, but I was like, yeah. it's, it's not going to stick. It's not happening. And here's what I loved about the coach. The coach had been readjusting expectations for my child and said, I had, I had feared this would happen. Would she like to be a manager of Aww. this team? That's and awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, that is a great solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kid is so excited and happy about it. That's I, awesome. Like to have another adult on my kid's team that's willing to readjust expectations that's and awesome. provide supports. Yeah. This is a really exciting thing for me. So oh, that's great. I mean, that's great. you don't just, you, you, anybody working with kids can, can do this. Right, 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 right. I, I just want to say from JD and I, you're an expert in this because you are so thoughtful and willing to share the process. And I think there's a lot of people that we know who are really thoughtful or they're really willing or they're not thoughtful, but they're willing to share. And you are both like you are thoughtful and you're willing to share. And I think every time that we talk about any of these practices, Jesse, like I learn something new or think about it in a different way. Because, like we've said all along, the nine practices are not like super simple concepts. Mm -hmm. Like they're complex. And you just said it. They're nuanced for each family. And they're really about like being self-aware and child-aware. Like those are the two things that you're going to be if you're using the nine practices. So you're on this episode because (laughs) you have encouraged me and I I think JD too, like professionally and personally with the way that you talk about repair, the way that you talk about scaffolding. Um, And I just think it's so helpful to, to, to say to our listeners, like, there is no way to do any of this perfectly. Like there's just no perfect way. And if you're doing this quote unquote, right, you're making a lot of stumbles and missteps because you're trying different things. You're trying to see, you're trying the sport. You're seeing if it's going to go well, right? You're trying the vacation and seeing if it's going to go well, you're trying things and you're seeing what's going to go well. And you're willing to be humble and vulnerable and adjust that for your family with your family in mind. So I just think it's all, it's all the things it's all complicated. I love the stories that you just shared. And I'm thinking specifically about readjusting expectations and supports how awesome it is when you have a coach like that, Mm, when you've got a teacher, when you've got a pediatrician, when you've got somebody on your team. So I would just encourage like folks to talk to people in your area and find your friends, like find the people who are on your team, because it's so hard to do this when you feel like you're the only one. And if you're an educator or a coach or, you know, anyone that's working with kids and you're, to me, when I heard this coach say that, I thought, 
oh, she's on my team now. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes parents don't know yeah. until until they hear that. And I'm like, oh nope, she's going she's going in the in the deck of cards, you know. Anyways, um that's very kind. And I think what's I think what is great about this is that it it includes we're really big on authenticity at ETC. Mm-hmm. And part of that is just admitting that you make mistakes. Like mm-hmm. you hear all of these people on the podcast, we all make mistakes. Right. And what is most important to us as we're making them is to repair the disconnection that they cause. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm even thinking about a different podcast when Jamie DeLuna was on. Um, yeah. You remember that? And mm-hmm. she said something about saying something one morning to her kid and then saying, I'm so sorry. That's not how I wanted to show up for you this morning. And I learned from her. I thought that's exactly what I, I probably need to say that every morning in the <laughs> yeah. car on the way to school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, we, we teach each other just ways to be better, but I love how we can do it with humility. Yeah. And I think maybe if there's one, you know, underlying kind of first step for us to take, just don't give up. Yeah. yeah. Like keep trying, just keep trying. And, and so I think that's, that's the other thing, like a lot of what you were mentioning, Jesse, was just like doing things, thinking about them, and then adjusting mm-hmm. and doing things and thinking about them. And, and is that not our entire lives, right? Yeah. Like right. It just is. Like, I mean, do you all remember the first time you realized that's what adulting was, was just trial and error, <laughs> which was what you'd already been doing in childhood? It was so right. disappointing. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, just I was such a better parent before kids came into our house. Like I was, I was <laughs> so prepared and... I mean, I, I really told, I told somebody the other day, um, we sat down, like, I, I was like, man, before we had kids, I had zero concerns at all about the type of parent I would be because like our kids loved me. Like, and I, and I loved kids and I had so much fun. That's because I only had them on my own terms <laughs> when <laughs> yep, right. we were deciding that we were going to babysit for somebody or teach yep. Sunday school or whatever. And in those settings, like I gear up, I'm ready. And then I leave mm-hmm. and I'm handing them back with the sugar high that I just gave them. Cause I, I was the fun guy with donuts. Or whatever. Yep. So, you know, I think for, for all of us, like it just is just stay in it, just stay in it. And remember like each day is new Nothing is ever beyond repair, you know, and like that's that secure attachment, right? The good and the bad. Yeah. I feel like I have yeah. to, you know, that's what our kids learn too, is like families aren't just happy. Right. We all have, we all have all the feelings, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes my kids will worry if I disagree with my husband in front of them or right. if, you know, someone has a blow up in the family and then it's like, oh, that was such a bad family. We're a bad family. You know, right. I'm like, no, we're a family. Yeah. All families do this. Yes. Yeah. That's and so good. we love each other anyways, you know? Yeah. 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 And I just think on the other side of it, right? Like when you have had the rupture, when you've had the blow up and then you come back together and you invest in that relationship, you said it, but just to highlight it again, like the relationship, it gets stronger over time. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, the example that sticks with me about that is if you look up the word rupture, it talks about muscles. Like whenever you're exercising your muscle parts, parts of your muscles rupture and then they get stronger. And so it's again, it's like another analogy yeah. that I think about a lot of like, this is a muscle that I'm exercising. Like mm-hmm. every time that I step back into the ring right. and I'm like, okay, that didn't go well. What can I do here? It's re- it's repairing that and it's going to be stronger on the other side, just like an exercise would make you stronger. So true. I feel like that's a perfect place for us to stop today. Um, 
Guys, that was that was great. And thank you both for joining us. And uh, we will do it again because we're going to keep going. We're going to keep parenting and trying and keep uh, loving our people. So thanks. Man, well, that, that mental image of uh, getting a note from a kid uh, with them standing watching a sunset together and um, a kid's form of apology with that, like that, that picture I've told Jesse already, like that will stick with me for a long time. And so um, I hope that was impactful for you as well. Um, listen, we're wrapping up now our series on um, connecting practices and um, we are getting ready to go full bore into our Cultivate Connection facilitator training. So again, if you have not yet filled out um, the application is very, very close to closing time on that. And so, um, and so make sure you go to empower to connect.org and check it out there. Um, we will be for those who are, uh, going to be in the next round of facilitator training, we're kicking off soon. And so we'll be, uh, going through the material. We'll also be, um, getting ready for our training coming up. And so, uh, lots of exciting stuff coming this fall. We've got, um, some really exciting interviews that we are excited to, to share with you. Um, and so stay tuned for that. That'll kick off next week. Uh, man, we've made it through a good portion of the summer. And so if you're like me, um, in Memphis, Tennessee, we are on a streak of uh, what feels like 150,000 days of it being over a hundred degrees. <laughs> And, uh, man, you know, this is kind of time of summer where I'm like, all right, wrap it up. Let's get back to school because, uh, there is nothing to do, but just drive up your air conditioning bill. So that's where we're at. Um, we'll have brand new episodes next week and beyond, um, with new interviews we have not yet aired to before. So we're excited for that, uh, for everybody here at ETC, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empower to Connect podcast, and the whole team here at ETC. I'm JD Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empower to Connect podcast. Mm-hmm.